0: Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. Guys, I am so excited for my guest today, Jamie Hampton. Whenever I tell you I got an email in my inbox, um, this has been a while now, but I was freaking out because I had never heard anyone talk about health anxiety from a Christian perspective. And I, I literally checked to see if I had written the email because I thought maybe this is something I wrote and forgot I wrote just by the headline. But no, it's Jamie's story and I'm just excited um, to talk to her today. So Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, I love yeah.
1: that. Yeah. Thanks Val for having me here. I love that story that you checked to see if you wrote <laughs> it because I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it either. And it's just, it's so important. And I get so many comments on the post that I wrote and emails about it that I, I'm so glad to talk about this today. Thanks for giving me the opportunity.
0: Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, your family and everything like that.
1: Yeah. So I'm Jamie Hampton. I'm a wife and mom. I'm a mom of three. I've got a 16, 11 and eight year old. I've got two boys and a girl. The girl's the youngest. Um, there are a hockey family in Anchorage, Alaska. So it's, you know, the summers, summers and winters, we play hockey, but we, you know, in the winters, we've got school and all the things in summer. We try to go camping a lot. Um, I am. Uh, I co-host the Praying Christian Women podcast. That's a big part of my life, and um, I I write for Candidly Christian, which is where I wrote the blog post about um, health anxiety, and that's that's kind of me in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so we're gonna kick off just talking about your personal prayer life, and then we'll kind of get into the health anxiety. But I would love to hear what does your prayer routine look like right now? And I always, I hate using the word prayer routine, but you know, whatever it looks like right now, um, we'd love to hear.
1: Yeah. Well, summer is, summer's been a little crazy. And so the word routine feels like it doesn't fit. Um, mm-hmm. it's been very hit or miss. We've had a lot of company in town. We've had a lot of, changes going on we go camping a lot where you know things are totally different so i would say definitely not much of a routine a lot of shout out prayers a lot of the like okay the moment hits me i need to pray right now about this thing um a lot of listening to when the holy spirit lets me know i need to stop doing and start praying because in terms of the podcast and the work that i'm doing for that I don't get as much time. All the kids are home and the whole family is just in a different kind of rhythm. And with camping, I'm off the grid a lot. So when I am at home, I have to kind of hit it hard. And so I have to be really intentional about listening to God about, okay, I need to pray first before I just jump into this, which is actually good. It's kind of like training my ears to hear Mm -hmm. God telling me when I need to stop and pray. Um, But because it's summer, I can let the kids sleep late. So there have been mornings of sitting with my journal on the back porch that I don't always get to do during the school year when we're, you know, running, 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 and then I'm jumping into something right after I get home from dropping kids off. Um, So that's been nice. And it's also, you know, I can't sit on the porch in the winter in Alaska much. (laughs) So I guess you can. I mean, I just, you know, i get a little snowy, but, um, but yeah. So, and I would say at night, that's when that's a constant. I can always pray at night when I'm falling asleep and, you know, just thinking about kids and life and whatever else, like I just, you know, I can always pray before bed. And that's, that's something I've been trying to do more of, but yeah, I have, I've done a lot of, a lot of just kind of fly by the seat of my pants Mm -hmm. prayers. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. And I I always think it's interesting because you are able to do that now because you have had seasons where you, you, um, you develop that conversation with the Lord in more, uh, in a more habitual way, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I actually read that, uh, recently. I don't even remember what book I was reading on prayer, but they talked about like, if we do want to be able to have these on the go conversations, it does. Uh, we do want to establish that with, you know, um, more routine prayer. So I just think that's just such a testimony to what you've developed with the Lord over the years. Um, I would love to hear if you, how you pray, like, do you pray out loud? Do you write in a journal? Do you, um, you know, yeah. Walk, do different things. I know you said your porch,
1: Yeah. Well, I love, um, so I, I didn't mention one of the things, the benefits of summer is just being, being out in nature when we're camping. And I Mm -hmm. love being, I love just, you know, going for a walk, um, in the woods, you know, I mean with bear spray, (laughs) but you know, going for a short walk in the woods, not too deep in the woods, but you know, or a hike or something, but I like being alone when I'm praying. And so I just like, you know, in the mornings when no one's up or whatever, just being still and just listening around me and just, you know, just being present with God sometimes without even talking. Um, I mean, I definitely do like praying words and praying for things, but I've just enjoyed being I I do love the silent prayers of just being with God and just feeling mm-hmm. close to Him through nature, through whatever. But I would say journaling is another way. I'm not consistent about journaling. Some people are really good about it. And I know you're not the one to tell that I'm not a great oh, journaler. You're, no, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but I lately I've been back to journaling, and some of that is necessity. We've had some big decisions to make and I've had to kind of journal through those and um, I love writing out my prayers because I can go back to them. And even just the other day, I, I think it was yesterday, I just looked back on some prayers I had been praying over the podcast, over you know, kind of like asking, "What do you want for us? What do you want for ministry? Um, for our family? What do you want?" And and some of the things that I wanted, and just some of the things that I was going to God about, and it was so neat to see, even in just a few weeks, that I had forgotten some of the things that I had gone to God about. And I saw some of the things that I heard him, you know, revealing to me through reading scripture or just in prayer, kind of impressions of, of things that I would write down. And I was like, wow, I'm seeing that coming to pass even just a few weeks later. So that's what I love about journaling. Um, And then my very favorite is praying out loud. And it's hard to do that Mm -hmm. when you have a family, when you've got kids around, but we're, we've, we're at the revolutionary age now where I've got a 16 year old at home that can stay with the two younger ones. So I can go to the store. I can, you know, make a Costco run and on the way there, I can just talk to God in the car out loud. And, you know, the people next to me think I'm just on Mm -hmm. my hands free.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think, I think that's, I love, Car praying out loud, like after I drop my girls off or something, because there there is something, it's there's something so different about hearing your own voice and hearing your words. Um, you don't trail off as much, and you know, like you can't just start talking about your to do list. It it's not as natural, and um, they're just very honest prayers because you hear your words, and if you feel kind of silly saying it, you you talk to God about that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I love that too. Um, well, tell us about your, uh, like, your story with health anxiety, um, and I guess starting off with what is health anxiety for those who don't know.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I just kind of came up with that word. I didn't know what to call it, um, and I would say all my life, I, I, one of my one of my earliest memories of having this happen. I love science. And my dad had a medical encyclopedia in Mm. his library. And I remember reading through it cover to cover, just fascinated by all the things that that were in it. But I can't tell you the number of things that I convinced myself that I had. And I've heard that it's a real thing for med students, that they will read about something and then they start thinking they have the symptoms, you know, not to a huge degree, but just that it's, it's a real thing. It's like the power of suggestion. So, I mean, I was convinced that I had appendicitis. I was convinced that I had, um, I think I diagnosed myself with, uh, Oh, some kind of eye disorder, um, I, retinal detachment, you know I had all these things <laughs> and my dad kind of laughed you know I was maybe 12, you know 10 10 or 12. and I remember my dad kind of laughing. He's like, yeah, you just think you have these things because you're reading about them, but you know it, it's okay you don't have these things. And um, I didn't struggle as much as a kid and as a young adult, but I think when I had when I when I had kids, mm-hmm. I really um, fear took hold of me. There was this underlying fear that I'm not going to be here to take care of my kids. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, you know, sneakily made its way into my life so that I just, it started to get a little bit worse. Um, I did have some anxiety about my kids when I was pregnant, when I had them, I, I remember thinking our youngest, when she was a baby, um, had whooping cough. And, you know, I thought something was wrong with her eyes and took her to a an eye doctor. And I didn't think anything was wrong with me at that point. Um Not that there's anything wrong with me necessarily, but just that, you know, I didn't think that my perspective was off. I just thought that I was being cautious. And then there was this real defining moment. This is when my daughter was, I don't know, maybe three, it was, she was starting to have some allergic issues. She, she actually had an anaphylactic reaction and we didn't Mm -hmm. know what it was when she was three and it took a while to figure out what it was. And during that time of not knowing, she had a second reaction that was not anaphylactic, but it was just hives. And because of that previous reaction, I was just, I remember sitting downstairs and my husband had just gotten me like a watch that tracked my heart rate. And I was sitting down there with her and I just knew I was going to have a long night because anytime she had hives, I stayed up and checked on her to make sure that it didn't get worse and, you know, made sure, you know, um, just to be sure that nothing, that it didn't progress. And I just, I looked down at my watch and my heart rate was like 112 or something. And I was like, I'm just sitting here. I don't think this is right. And I asked him, is this a normal heart rate for just sitting here? He said, no, absolutely not. And I said, I think maybe I've got like a panic attack or something going on. Cause I, I have this like surge of adrenaline in my chest for no reason. And it wasn't no reason. I was nervous for my kid. But in that time, that was kind of the beginning that I can pinpoint of this time of about a year that I had a very, very acute struggle with anxiety. And it started with that. And then it progressed to me. I had a middle of the night experience. We were talking about that before we hit record that, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes lying in bed at night, you'll just have these thoughts. And I had some pain and I, I convinced myself that I had cancer in the middle of the night when my husband was, of course, away for work and I was alone. And, you know, those thoughts can get a foothold. And I just instead of going to God with it immediately. I went to Google and I started Googling my symptoms and in the middle of the night. I don't know if it was <laughs> the devil putting these things right in front of me. I say that half jokingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was, there was a story, uh, that was like almost exactly the symptoms I was having of a woman who, you know, had the symptoms I had and, and it turns out it was cancer. And within a few months she was gone and, and she had no one to take care of her kids. I mean, it was all the fears that oh, I had yeah. just going right to me. And, I felt so foolish about this because I have friends who have passed away from cancer and their children don't have a mom now. And I felt so ashamed that with no evidence that I was worrying like this about something that some people were really struggling with. So Mm -hmm. I didn't tell anybody and I just kept struggling with these thoughts. And it just, I kept, I kind of, you know, I started um, daily having, um just these surges in my chest of I'm guessing adrenaline that were just constant and um my whole body was jittery and I started to get kind of numb on one side of my in my hands and my leg would get kind of tingly. So I thought, oh no, that you know that just the symptoms that I had from anxiety yeah. made me think I was sick. Mm -hmm. But again, I was, I was ashamed of self-diagnosing and for whatever reason, I just kind of isolated myself. There were very few, few people that I shared this with. So that was kind of the journey. And I, um, I just, I, I continued to what I would call research my symptoms. Whenever a new symptom would pop up, I would research it and see if it lined up with what I thought I had. And it was just i was imprisoned by my anxiety so that's that's kind of it i i felt myself having to pretend like i was happy and okay for my kids sake like being overly enthusiastic and happy and you know trying to act every day like everything was all right because otherwise i my kids would suffer too and i didn't want that so yeah it was a very it was it was a real struggle
0: yeah, man, just hearing you talk, it's like, I definitely identify with all that. Um, okay. So Jamie, um, I'm sure that there are people listening if they have felt any of those health anxiety feelings, which if, if you haven't heard, I, um, for our listeners, hypochondria is the term that we've been using over the years, but actually the new latest DSM or whatever the, the book is is that is officially like the guide for like, um, psychology and everything like that. They now call it health anxiety. So Jamie, that's funny that, um, that that was just something you just kind of put out there, but that is, that is the official term now that they like to use. Wow. Um,
1: It's very descriptive. And I I just (laughs) thought it would be very (laughs) Googleable
0: if someone was struggling
1: with anxiety about their health, that that would pop up for them.
0: Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, so I would love to hear how prayer has impacted your health anxiety. And I know you've, um, yeah, tell tell us about that.
1: Oh, it is, it it has done so many things. I would say, um, so number one, I, I think, you know, that snippet of life was just kind of a, I still struggle with thoughts of, well, what if, and do Mm -hmm. I have this? And the way that I've handled it has changed so much over time, but I'm going to start with where I was there. So the first time around, I didn't pray until after the spiral. So when I was in the thick of that downward spiral, prayer was hard. I almost felt an aversion to prayer in the sense that you would think of prayer, so I I felt like the worry felt like it was smothering my body, my mind, and my spirit, and I was almost afraid to pray because I think in my mind I was like, if I surrender this to God, which is what my Christian mind knows that I need to do, He might let it be bad,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I don't know if I can handle that, and that was just honestly where I was, and. Um, You know, I, I just was very tender. Like I just remember just not feeling like I could go and be vulnerable with God, even though what I ended up doing that was so powerful, the, the healing balm, I would say was this one day when I just, I mean, I would just kind of be like, God, I know you're there just help me, but I couldn't go into detail. It was almost like I couldn't talk about it with him because it was too painful And kind of even too embarrassing with God. I felt kind of ashamed. Like, I'm supposed to be this Christian that's been a Christian for a while. I'm supposed to know that I have life after death. I'm not supposed to fear anything in theory. Mm -hmm. And yet here I am holding on so tightly to this need to be here for my kids and need to do these things that I know you can handle if I'm not around, but I just can't do that. And I couldn't put those things into words. But this one day, this is like the epitome of prayer during that time. I was, uh, I don't know, the kids were all home for some reason. It must've been summer. And I remember I just was low. I was so low. And I turned on a, um, a a Hillsong documentary because I had seen it before and I loved the music in it. And we could play it on the big TV and we have surround sound. And so I cranked it up and I fast forwarded to all the concert <laughs> moments. And there were a couple of songs. Um, I think Touch the Sky was the one that just um, I had it on. And I just, I stood there like, and I didn't even care what my kids thought. Usually I was trying to put on a good front. I just stood there in front of the television and I just had my hands in the air and I I loved to sing, but I couldn't even sing. But I just sat there and I just like kind of basked in the worship. And I just remember holding my hands up and just like taking in, you know, you think of prayer as giving out, but I was just holding my hands up to receive whatever it was that God had for me, just healing of my spirit and the tears were just rolling down. And then when I opened my eyes, my kids were standing around me worshiping, like they're just standing oh. there singing and you know their hands are in the air. I just, oh, that moment will stay with me forever. And that was a turning point. It wasn't the turning point. It was one of many, but mm-hmm. I felt like I got just enough. With that moment that I was like, "Oh, God, you are real. You are here. You are enough." And it just, you know, it was an incremental, like, you know, being lifted slowly out of, you know, you think of the the scripture that says, "I'll oh, he lifts me up out of the miry pit and sets my feet on the on solid ground." It wasn't a quick, lifting. It was a, uh, you know, you know how you use a winch to drag a four wheel <laughs> drive vehicle that's stuck in the mud. You know, oh, you use yeah. the winch to slowly crank it out. That's how I felt. And so this was the beginning of that for me was just standing there. Um, there was another time when I remember being on my porch and I doing the same kind of thing with just standing there and I had no words and I just looked up, I just looked up and just closed my eyes and, and i didn't even say anything. I just was like, okay, I'm being still and I'm knowing that you're God. And that was it. It's like the the verse that talks about the spirit intercedes with groans too deep for words. You know, when we don't know what to pray, I felt the Holy Spirit just kind of translating the stuff that I couldn't put into words right at that moment. So those kinds of prayers, I, I kind of learned to pray that way during that time. I don't know if I've ever really prayed that way before then. And that's it's a beautiful kind of prayer of just being filled up by God's presence without expecting anything, without, you know, just wanting him there for the sake of him. And that's been a really beautiful thing.
0: Man, I, I I'm... Just so touched by this. I know we talked a little bit before we got on about how last night I had a middle of the night panic Um, and it wasn't a panic attack, but definitely woke up or um, was woken to the thought that I had cancer. Mm -hmm. And I, well, first of all, I'm, I think it's cool. I hope our listeners are just hearing you talk about that prayer experience or both of those is it just makes me hungry for more moments like that. And I just think that's a beautiful thing because um, we get to see, we get to just know and appreciate what prayer can be like, even when we're totally silent. Mm -hmm. And um, that is typically not how I pray. I, you know, like I'll make time for listening, but I'm excited to experience more moments like that. And, you know, for, people who are maybe struggling with health anxiety, there's a tendency to just feel like we want to figure this out. We want to muscle through. We want to strive like, Lord, help us figure this out, like take this away, do all these things. And that, that approach of just being filled by his presence is so different and it's so restful. So uh, I know just you really spoke that to me. Like, I know I needed to hear that today. So um, thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? That was good. I, I don't want to cut you off though. If there, if you have anything else to add, well, I, I wanted
1: to kind of talk about, I've had other experiences and continue to with this. And, and now that I know, like now that I'm kind of primed to know my tendency, um, I, there's also, i I think I've learned a lot in the in the catching it earlier phase Mm -hmm. where, you know, I think with prayer, I've, I've really learned what it means to take thoughts captive. You know, the, I keep quoting scriptures and I don't give you the references and that's how I roll. I don't remember the references. I'm so sorry. So go ahead and Google it. But, um, One of my favorite verses, which I should know the reference to, but it's, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself out, sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And that's kind of my life verse when it comes to this is when I... Find myself starting to spiral. First, I don't Google anymore. I cannot do it. I can't handle mm-hmm. it. And I know for certain things, Google is awesome because there have been times when my kids have had a symptom and I it makes me worry and I Google it. And I'm like, oh, it's that. That's a normal thing, you know? But there have also been times when I or my kids have had a symptom and I've Googled it and it's been worst case scenario. And I start to spiral and Google more yeah. and get into the trenches and So I've stopped Googling and so, and I have, I've started to kind of process my fear and I actually kind of go through my process. It's like a kind of a journaling out process of identifying the fear and then identifying some of the branch fears and then digging down into the roots of why, like, why am I afraid of this? What are the things I'm really afraid of? And I kind of go through it in one of our podcast episodes. I go through this and um, I I actually wrote it down episode 156, where I talk about transforming your fears into prayers. And I've kind of gone through this process of, okay, stop. What is my fear? Okay. My fear is that I have cancer or my fear is my kid's going to die because of her allergy, you know, something like that. And then I'll just branch off what are the specific fears that I have regarding that, you know, and for my own health, it's that I won't be there for my kids, you know, that um, that I'm going to be debilitated, that I won't be able to do ministry, um, that I won't be able to provide for, you know, the needs of my husband, all these different things. Um, and just looking at each of those things and kind of teasing out the specifics of that and sitting with God with those things and then kind of going down into the roots well what are your desires because I think I forgot I wish I could think of who first said this but it was revolutionary for me. Fear is a reflection of of us wanting to protect something good. So when you're afraid of one thing it's not that thing that is really the issue it's it's you're trying to protect, something else. And Hmm. so that's, you know, that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of where those roots come in. What is the thing I want to protect? Well, I want to protect my, you know, provision for my kids. I want to protect my ability to serve God. These are things that I love. And they, they sometimes kind of mirror the branches a little bit, but, um, yeah. Uh, so I just kind of have been like taking that to God and processing those and then turning those things into prayers, you know, and, and affirmations too, and even action steps. And so sitting with God with those things has helped me really reflect before I get to the pit where I can't talk to him freely about those things because I'm so consumed with worry.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. I was, I was actually taking notes, um, for myself to, to try that approach today. Um, with everything, I think, I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, this fear as moms that, you know, like who could take care of our kids better than us or different things like that. And at one point on this health anxiety journey, I know me and Tyler had a conversation and he was like, I think you are going to have to like confront, your own death, like just the idea of that and be okay with that before, um, you feel some freedom in the health anxiety, because if we carry that burden of nobody can do this better than me, or, you know, what, what would their life be like without us? Um, it will be like the, we will continue to feel that anxiety and, um, Whenever I'm rational and I think about like, okay, do I trust that God could redeem their life and in beautiful ways, you know, um, my mom lost her mom when she was three. Like I see her life and how much that's been redeemed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's like one of those you, you just mentioned a few times and I was thinking that is a, a big that is a big root fear for a lot of us. What what probably brings a lot of health anxiety for us. So um Yeah. I'm glad you shared that. What is one step for someone to take? I know you kind of mentioned this approach. Um, and maybe it's, what do you do with that after? Like when you voice those prayers, how do you, how do you give it to God in such a way that it's not constantly pulling back? Cause I know with health anxiety, what I've tried to, I guess, share with, you know, my husband, my sister, my mom and everything like that is you can't get away from it. If it's in your yeah. body, if you're feeling it, it's so it's harder to kind of step away and get rational and, you know, have that like taking your thoughts captive moment. If you're constantly being maybe hit with the symptoms that are causing you to spiral out. So how do you, what, yeah, what would be just a good first step of, um, what to do after you kind of process those thoughts that you mentioned?
1: Yeah, I mean, the truth is that for me, I don't know, maybe there are some people that can, like, just, you know, put out the fire and it's gone. But that has not been my experience. And Mm -hmm. I know people want a quick fix. And they want to be like, Oh, yes, I was delivered from this. And I even have had comments, you know, on, on my blog posts, like, well, you can be delivered from this. And I absolutely believe I can, but God hasn't done that for me yet. And I don't, I think people need to know there's nothing wrong with you. If you pray about this, if you give it to God and it's still there because, you know, even Paul says there was a thorn in my flesh given me and i three times i prayed for god to take it away and he said no my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in your weakness mm-hmm. and so paul says therefore i guess i'll go ahead and delight in my weaknesses in hardships in persecutions and difficulties for when i'm weak then i am strong and so i i believe firmly that god is still Faithful and at work, even when you have the recurrence over and over again of these anxieties and anxious thoughts, which, so to answer your question, I feel like what I, what I try to do is I try to take captive the thought and make it obedient to Christ, um, by speaking truth, which is a, usually, I don't know for sure that this is the worst case scenario, period. if this is the worst case scenario, God is good and God is faithful and God's got this and God Mm -hmm. isn't surprised by this three. Um, I don't Google. (laughs) I just don't. If you need to make an appointment with your doctor, like I'm actually going through something right now that I've actually had checked out and they didn't find the thing that they thought it was but it's still bothering me. And I'm like, well, it's got to be something though. And so I have these thoughts creep in. Well, it's this and it's that, well, I could just go back to the doctor and say, this is still really bothering me. And you don't know what it is, but it's got to be something. Could you, is there some, some other Avenue I can go to check it out? And to be honest with you, I feel like the hypochondriac patient when I go to my doctor sometimes, because I have had some of them, you know, legitimate lumps that I've had checked out and, everything has always not been cancer or something life threatening it's usually something totally benign but i'm i've started to feel like when i go to the doctor I, that i'm like okay here she comes again she's got something else going on but it's okay to ask to get it checked out if it's going to be the difference between you feeling okay about it and you not feeling okay then it's it's okay to you know god provides doctors and and, you know, sometimes he provides talk therapy, sometimes he provides counselors, and sometimes people need hormone and chemical balancing medications. And that doesn't mean you're not a good Christian. So, I, you know, I just want to throw that out there because, you know, I personally have been okay with the route of taking thoughts captive and prayer at this point, I may have been in that year time frame. there may have been a time when I probably should have sought some kind of counseling or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, at this point, I feel like I'm all right. But I just I want everyone to know that, yeah, it's okay to to take next steps and see your doctor, tell your doctor, you have these anxieties. What I have found after talking to my doctor about it, is that I am entering perimenopause, I have wild, crazy hormone fluctuations that are Doing a lot of crazy things to my body and my mind. So that's some of what I'm experiencing right now is related to that. And so as I've kind of been um, aware of that, I can start to see patterns and I can start to address those things. Um, But I think another powerful thing to do in the midst of your anxiety or right after giving those things to God is praise and thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and reading your Bible. Because When you praise God, I just picture the thing I remember, I I had a lump in my breast and this was not, it was probably the first health scare that I had after my thing, my year long issues um, that, that really, um, I was kind of coming out of that and, and I felt myself starting to enter into the spiral and I went in for a mammogram to get it checked out and I remember sitting in waiting for the results um, and they wanted to send me in for an ultrasound because they found, you know, they, they found what I had found and they wanted to do the ultrasound and kind of, you know, get a better idea. Um, so I just remember journaling. Um, I just, I had my phone. I was, I was waiting with my little gown on and I was in the waiting room and I had my phone with my notes app and I just started typing and I was writing just um, a prayer of thanksgiving to God because I didn't know which way it would go. And I was, I was, I was like, there has to be so much power in the spiritual world, praising God, no matter what. Even before I have my answer. Because if I get my answer and I'm fine, then I can praise God and that's awesome. And if I get my answer and it's bad news, I can praise God in that and that'll be powerful. But I don't know which way it's going to go. And I can just say, God, no matter what happens, you are good. And I picture those prayers as being like a nuclear bomb just going off in the spiritual world and just destroying strongholds and enemy lies you know, for miles and miles, because it is basically telling the enemy, you have no place here Mm -hmm. and God is on the throne. And I know that, and there's nothing you can do to me that'll take those words out of my mouth. And wow, that's powerful. So try that. I would say, you know, like for anyone listening, going through that, try, try praising God just for who he is. You don't even have to say, you know, God, you are good, even if this is a bad thing, but just focus on his attributes. You can go through the, the alphabet, A to Z, and just think of an attribute for each letter of the alphabet, or, you know, a gratitude from A to Z, the things that you're thankful for, just things to get your mind focused on, like, specific, tangible things. And just even, I mean, it's proven, like, I know some tools, secular tools for anxiety involve, what are, you know, four things that you can see, yeah. what are, you know, to kind of ground your mind. Well, why not? What are, you know, A to Z things that you're thankful for? And, and it'll redirect your mind and your spirit on God. And that is powerful.
0: I I was actually going to say that after you mentioned the gratitude thing, I was like, that's scientific. They, they talk about that. There's a, um, Sissy Goff has a book for kids anxiety and I have one have that of the things, yes <laughs> and she talks about like making the little square like something that draws your attention away from it and I was like this is this is uh just a biblical way to do that you know I mean not that you know saying the senses is not great but just to say it falls right in line and um it's just always interesting when scripture science confirms what scripture already has told us yeah so um I love it I think that's that's cool that you shared that. Um, well, I want to switch gears now and just kind of talk generally about your prayer life and everything like that. Um, and maybe hit like, um, what what are some of the hardest obstacles when it comes to prayer for you? And how have you overcome them?
1: I have, There are so many. I was thinking mm-hmm. about this question. I was like, wow, I have a really messed up prayer life. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No. Well, the first thing is I I have not overcome any of them fully. I have so Mm. many things that I struggle with, but I was just telling my mother in law, we have, my in-laws are in town and I love them so much. And I was just telling my in-laws, I think that I have a little bit of ADD. Like I definitely My attention span is so it's short and it's getting shorter because of social media and technology and texting. I see it, you know, getting shorter because of our little, you know, our short texts, our instant gratification. We can get in touch with people quickly. Um, You know, social media is delivered in in reels and quick things. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's hard, harder than it ever has before been before to really be focused in prayer because our brains are not trained to be focused in prayer. So I would say fighting distractions is probably my number one. And what I've done to address that. I mean, I still struggle with it, but I've just had to shift my mindset. I have, I have a tendency to use the word failure in my mind. I I have a lot of negative self-talk that Mm -hmm. I do and I'm sure we all do. Um, but failure is a word that just pops up in my head a lot. Like, Oh, you're such a failure at this. So I had to switch my mindset from, I am failing at staying focused in prayer to, I'm training myself to pray with more focus. And when you start to think of it as training, you think, you know, would you call yourself a failure if you did one sit up and then you laid back down to get ready for the next one? You mm-hmm. would not, you would not. Cause you're training, you're, you're doing reps to get stronger. So, um, I think I want to say it was, uh, I should have gotten this ready, but it's, it's a quote. I want to say it might be St. Francis to Saul but I'm not sure who said like if you if you're if you get distracted from prayer just gently bring yourself back into focus bring God back into your focus and no matter how many times you get distracted and bring yourself back consider it time well spent because if you spend you know 10 minutes in prayer and you, you 10 times, you have to refocus yourself on God and get back into it. Consider that time well spent. You're spending 10 minutes training yourself to get focused on God. And as you train yourself, you're going to end up getting better at it and getting stronger at it. And through this season of summer, I have not been training myself to stay like with that focused prayer time. And I've found it more difficult to do, but there are seasons and give yourself grace for seasons of life, whether it's a season of your life that lasts months or years, or maybe it's literally a season like the summer when you're busy, don't guilt yourself that. Okay. So guilt is another one. Mm -hmm. Don't guilt yourself into not praying because that is just the, I think guilt is a huge tool that the enemy uses to keep you from meeting with God. And, you know, just take that guilt and and kick it to the curb because all it does is paralyze you in your prayer life. So, um, yeah, prayer guilt is another one. And I would say if you're feeling guilty, mine comes both from not having more concentrated focused prayer time and feeling like I should be. Um, or it sometimes comes from, I'll hear someone talk about praying for their family, um, because that's where I feel probably, where my prayer needs to be focused the most. And I feel the least, uh, what would you say? Like, like I, I fail the most at that in my, you know, my negative self-talk. Um, so when I feel guilty about not praying enough for my family, or I hear someone talking about praying for their family and I'm just like, ah, I don't pray enough for my family. The, the antidote for that, that I found is I just remember one time I was feeling kind of, guilty cuz someone was talking about the the prayers for their family and i had all these things going through my head you don't pray enough for them you always say you're going to but you never do it what about those journals you started for your kids and you hardly ever write in um you know i i just get all these thoughts coming at me and i just felt the holy spirit just being like just pray it's not mm-hmm. that big a deal and so i was like huh so i just took a little bit of time i did like literally like a 5 to 10 minute prayer walk through my house I saw more powerful prayers come out of that short time than I had in probably months of praying for my family. So it, it's not that it, it takes all that much time to get rid of the guilt. So what I, I also like to use a one minute timer, like it, it's a nice quick thing. I always think I can spare a minute of time any time of day any day of the year. So if I start to feel guilt creeping in, like I'm not praying enough for my unsaved friends and family members. Okay. Just stop, pick one, set a timer for a minute, pray for them. Bam. <laughs> the guilt's gone. So that's another big one that I struggle with is guilt. Um, uh, Those are the big ones probably. Yeah.
0: That's, that is so good. And just so practical. Like I know we always like to try to give practical advice here but for anybody who's just feeling like yeah i do spend like the time that i spend feeling guilty if i just turned that to prayer just how powerful that would be um and to not just sink in that feeling of yeah like we're we're not serving anybody by feeling bad about it and you know getting depressed though we don't do it so yeah i uh, that's a quick a quick win type of uh Approach. So I love that. Um, well, I would love to wrap up just by asking you in what ways do you long to keep growing your prayer life?
1: Oh wow. I would say holding things less and less tightly, like opening my hands up, because I, I mentioned that earlier. Some of my fears and my anxieties and worries come from holding on too tightly. To my idea of good. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to just, I think that comes from incrementally knowing God more and more, because when we know him more and more, we realize that we can trust him. We realize how much wiser, like it seems almost silly. Like we can't even fathom how much wiser he is than we are, how much bigger of a perspective he has than we do. And therefore his definition of good is going to look different. I saw this really cool thing. It was, um, it was on Instagram. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say his name because I want to give him credit because this was amazing. Um, so it was on. Oh, I can't find where I saved stuff. It was on. Um, it was BCI Black Christian Influencers, and I can't find him now. Um, okay, here we go. It's called When God gives you a cake and Brian M. Bullock and he talks about God shows God's the kind of God that shows you a cake and you say, Yes, I want that. And then he gets you some eggs and he gives you these eggs and he cracks them. And he it's like, you know, you get these cracked eggs and you're like, no God, I wanted a cake. You know, and then he gives you some flour and, and it, you've got a dry season of life. And you're like, no, God, I said I wanted cake. And then he goes on about the sugar and the milk and all the different things that you put in. And and you get to the end and you're like, but God, you said you'd give me a cake. And he says, no, I give you these seasons. But when you look at the big picture, like the tapestry, it it makes cake. And that is what um what I want to know more and and have the perspective of is that the things that I want will come to pass by letting them go to God. And they're never, ever, I mean, they really are never going to look exactly like I think they will, but usually they'll look better. And usually they'll be just you know, infinitely more than I could ever ask or imagine. So I want that perspective. When things are going well, I feel like I can have that perspective and I can train myself to see God's goodness. And so if we do that in the good times, hopefully in the bad times, our minds can be at least trained to know that. But I think it's okay to know that in your head and not feel it in your heart at first. And so there are times still where I'm just like, okay, I know that you're good. I know that your plans are best. I surrender this to you. And my heart is still kind of holding on tightly to it, but I think it's okay for it not to be a heart surrender and a heart recognition, as long as we start off with our mouth. And so that's where I am. I I have the back and forth now. I want someday to just be like, okay, God, you are so good. I wanna be that little old lady that has not a care in the world because she trusts God that much.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think of Elizabeth Elliot. I've been listening to some of her podcasts and all oh, talks, her. and she—you're just it, she, she—I use the word she's so casual about everything, but it's because she just has such an understanding of eternity. And anytime I finish, I'm like, I got to save that episode just because I want to be reminded of that. So. So yeah, I I think that's that would definitely serve our hearts well to to come to have that approach. Mm-hmm. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for this. I know um, you have encouraged me. Like I'm just grateful for this time for how much it's it's blessed me. So I know that there are going to be so many listeners out there who are um, just grateful to hear this as well and, and feel like the Lord is speaking right to them and their issues with health anxiety, which like we said, just don't get, um, talked about very much. So thank you so much. And, um, tell everybody where they can find more about you.
1: Yeah, well, you can, well, first of all, thank you, Val. This has been great. Just, I mean, for, to just talk with you a little bit ahead of time, it like finding someone else that, shares a struggle mm-hmm. is so powerful. And so, I mean, I just, I love that you had me on to talk about this. Thank you so much. I've been encouraged by you too, so much. Um, you can find, uh, you can find me at prayingchristianwomen.com. Um, we have some we have a blog. We have some resources. We have a podcast, the praying Christian women podcast. You can find that anywhere you find podcasts or just praying Christian women.com slash podcast. <laughs> just, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh,
0: Thank we're on so Instagram.
1: Much. We're on Facebook also at, at praying Christian women.
0: Nice. And you're going to have to send me a link to that. Um, the cake reference, I, that's awesome. I want to link to that because I'm sure we'd love to, if you have it.
1: <laughs> okay. So it. this is the thing. I don't know how to share Instagram stuff. I'm so, I'm like my grandmother. I'm like Instagram and, and social media illiterate. So <laughs> I saved, I figured out, I had to Google how to save the Instagram reel, but I don't know how to share it. So I'll try to figure that out. I think I can send it to you in a message, but I can't yes, like repost yes. it. So I'll if you that. send
0: that. <laughs> if you send it a message, I think I know, I'll know how to. Um, Get a link to it, so that that's awesome.
1: Okay, and then you can send, send me it. the link. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and I'll send you the link. That's awesome. Well, will you close us in prayer and just pray for our audience right now?
1: I would love to. God, we just are so so grateful and thankful that we were able to get together today. Thank you for Val. Thank you for her ministry. Thank you for her podcast. Thank you for her business and just all the ways you're using her in the world to bring glory to you. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you that you just, um, you love to shine light in dark corners, and I feel like health anxiety is kind of those. Uh, it's it's hidden away sometimes in a dark corner of our hearts because we're ashamed, because we're embarrassed. But there is no shame with you, God. There's no embarrassment. There is only truth and light. And we just pray in Jesus' name that you would just shine the light of truth in the lives of each person listening and on Val and on me, and that you would expose the enemy's lies that that keep us in bondage to fear, that keep us from reaching out to people with our needs and our fears and, and reaching out for prayer support and practical support. Um, God, we just, we pray that as the God of truth, you would reveal any areas of, of health anxiety or any other area of our hearts that we're hiding away in shame or in fear. And we just pray that you would be glorified. I pray that if someone listening is struggling with health anxiety or any other kind of anxiety or struggle, that you would show them clearly their next step, show them what they can do right now, to to take the next step and and not feel like they have to step on solid ground right away, but just grab you as a lifeline and that you would just do that gradual, incremental um, lifting out of that muck and that mire of anxiety and worry and, and just be moving us in the direction of freedom. We pray that you would be glorified in our lives, that you'd be glorified in this conversation and that you would just... God, you just, you're such a redeemer. Thank you for taking our struggles and, and our walk through the valley of the shadow of death and using it to encourage and, and empower other women in their struggles. God, you are so good. We just praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. That was awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie, and, and thanks for being here.
1: Thank you.